You are listening to the Money Making Marketing Podcast, and we are your guides to making money with marketing. I'm Isaac from Fault Media, and as ever, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Jenny from Ava Marketing and Louis from The Mailman. On this week's show, we're going to be looking at why your marketing needs to adapt with the times, because if you don't change your marketing, you're going to be screwed in the long run, because as your your customers age and get older, you're going to stop reaching the younger generations. All that and more is coming up on this week's show, so let's get started. So earlier today, we were, uh, me and Jenny were at a networking event and one of the members of the group was saying how she's been trying to get her, her partners in the company to actually adapt with the times and start utilizing different mediums, such as actually using digital marketing to market their business. Because yes, a business in this day and age is not using digital, which is just crazy because you're missing out on a massive audience. Everybody's online nowadays, even elderly people are using the internet. But you're really needing to tap into that kind of younger generation, that younger audience, if you want your business to have longevity. And the only way you can really market to them nowadays is through digital means, because that's, that's where they, they spend their time and that's where they consume content and media. Yeah, I think this, um, this lady who sort of um, wanted some advice and things, she said, well, we've sort of got an abundance of work at the moment. Um, so I think the um, partners in the business was, well, why should we change what we're doing? Because what we're doing is working. And um, I think they said they get a lot of referral through word of mouth and things like that, which I think most businesses do. I mean, even though I'm in that digital realm, I still get tons through um, word of mouth. But I think you're right. It's one of those, if you're not doing it, I think in, I don't know, a few years when maybe your older client base, because they said they're quite a traditional business and they have a, a, an older client base. So when that older client base is sort of retired or gone, yeah, they're going to they're gonna pop their clogs at some point. So <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but... <laughs> I, th- I think there's a couple of things about it, really, aren't there? Like, I mean, like you say, most businesses do get most of their business through referrals, through word of mouth. But most of those businesses don't actually have a strategy to get referrals. And they're kind of just like sitting, waiting for the phone to ring. And just sitting and hoping isn't a strategy, is it? It's, it's pointless. And th- this is a thing as well. I think a lot of businesses misunderstand what social is. Like social is the most powerful word of mouth platform there is. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're producing content on there on a regular basis that is powerful and connects with people and provides value to them, that is then making them think of you so they will then refer you. Mm. I think yeah. um, I was sort of trying to slid and I said, even if um, you start baby steps as in get like your, your core kind of marketing channels like up to scratch. So I personally think the first thing should be your website. So I said, obviously, a lot of people now, they, they Google and um, they will find you through Google. So I said, just make sure things like your SEO are up to scratch um, and then to start doing like a blog a month or a blog every couple of weeks and just keep that consistent and just try like have a bit of a strategy in terms of blogs. Think about maybe key questions or, or things that your clients are currently asking you and write content around that. And not only will it help you get found, but it kind of shows your knowledge in the industry, doesn't it? And shows kind of how good you are so i think yeah. that even if you just start with something i always say just start with your website like as we kind of touched on with um, rich when we had him on the show as a guest like your website is your shop front online you know it's that is the most important piece of the puzzle if your website isn't right then everything else you're doing with your marketing is kind of a bit futile in the long run um, you need to have a well-designed website that's easy to use gets your message across and is really regularly updated with content in the form of blogs or videos or podcasts 
um, and it's stuff that's going to get you ranked. I think the ultimate thing is, so lots of businesses like word of mouth because the leads are qualified. In other words, they've come from a trusted source and they're easiest to convert. But the whole point of like social media and having a website is that you can build up that trust for other for other means. And if you're not marketing to people through social media, then your competitors probably are. Yeah. And ultimately, sure, you might um, one of your customers re- might recommend someone to you. But that person's probably seen you competitors who are posting regularly, giving them loads of value anyway, yeah. and think, oh, they're probably a more credible source, to be honest. If we've got a website that's got loads of reviews, that sort of thing. I think, yeah, I think we've talked about in the past just having lots of um, different marketing channels working for you. So the more you do, and if you actually put a bit of time and have a strategy, they're, they're going to be working for you, even if you maybe think they're not. Um, and I think, you know, obviously the current climate we're in, and obviously when lockdown happened and COVID, um, that kind of proved you need to have kind of lots of kind of fingers in different pies and you have to adapt. Um, and I think a lot of businesses had to, didn't they? Um, and the ones that didn't suffered. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, yeah. have, have you guys had to change how you do things? or like How did kind of lockdown and everything change you? How did you have to adapt? Um, yeah, with, with my marketing, um, it, it, my adaptation was more just doubling down. Mm-hmm. Um so I was at a point where pre-COVID, I was maybe posting a couple of times a month uh, in terms of content, where now I'm posting multiple pieces of content a week. I've got a blog post going out every week, a video out every week, and uh, this podcast going out uh, fortnightly. Um, and then around that, there's even like a little behind the scenes bits I'm doing, taking photos of things I'm up to, um, trying to tell a bit of a story through through my, my marketing um, relating to what I've been doing in a week. So it's it's really gone from this being... Like, yeah, I know it's something I need to do. It's something I tell my clients to do. Um, And I just don't really have the time to, I've had to really like forge out that time. So I set aside a day a week now, which is just purely dedicated to doing my marketing. I think a lot of people forget about themselves. I mean, I always say mm. to people, do X, Y, Z, and then you're terrible, <laughs> I'm terrible at it myself. So you could think, oh, a bit hypocritical. But you are right. I think, I think we've maybe said it before in here, you have to... If, like, if you're not working on your own business, then at some point you'll potentially yeah. lose clients. Oh, yeah. or, I mean, you will come in, will they? That that whole doubling down on on my efforts and like really, really pushing to be a content house has worked. Um, well, didn't you say like you, you're busier I've, than you've ever been? Yeah, or? bit busier than I've yeah, ever been. Really um, I've had my best year yet. I've started to outsource work to to um, some freelancers to kind of take on some of the editing workload that I've got purely so i have more time to be able to go out and work with more clients um and film more more projects for clients um and it's kind of put me that one step closer now to towards employing people Mm. and starting to bring a a full-time team of of staff on board um i think one of the things holding me back on that though might be something for a different episode um (laughs) is kind of anxiety i guess around becoming an employer and it's about identity isn't it? yeah it's it's one of the things i find is it's, it's hard enough trying to make sure that the business is bringing enough in for myself yeah. <laughs> let alone, let yeah, alone like, having someone yeah. relying on me to bring that work in so they can get paid i guess that's a good start um, just um you know using kind of freelancers and outsourcing um and then yeah if worst case if you do have a bit of a quiet month or whatever at least yeah, it's not an employee you kind of having to not pay yeah, or they're, they're working or, with other clients yeah, as well, so they it. still have money coming in. It is it is one of those kind of cushiony factors. But I think 
ultimately, at least for myself, it makes sense to get to the point where I have someone employed because then yeah. it's it's I have a bit more control, I guess, over what that end product mm. ultimately is. Do you think sure this? Right do you standard. think this like improvement and success has been a result of you innovating and doing like posting yeah. more and that sort of thing? Um, do you think that's if I hadn't been factor? doing that, I wouldn't have had any of this work come in because yeah. um, like traditional methods of of doing networking that kind of thing um obviously that all moved on to things like zoom mm. that has done nothing for my business over the past yeah. year i've had no referrals come in from that um it's just kind of been a bit of a a, a waste of time to be honest um the well, only I've, reason i've just I've left and i yeah and yeah. i yeah. even didn't even last for four years so yeah. <laughs> like yeah so you'll, you'll be podcast, blacklisted yeah. like, um the, the, the only reason i've kind of kept on with it is in that hope of all right when things go back to normal yeah. it's going to be a yeah. bit more of that, that yeah. kind of growth and stuff happening again. Because um, pre-COVID, it was something that worked. Um, and I think personally, I mean, I have nothing against BNI. People do really well from it. It's mainly that the direction that I'm taking my business, and this comes from this whole innovating thing. Um, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense as much mm. for me to focus on BNI for it. So I guess from my point of view for my business, doing direct mail in a lot of people's eyes is quite like traditional and it's not... Um, it's not innovative, I, essentially. But I think it's all but, come back around, doesn't it? Yeah, all but the, the ways, one of the ways in which the actual things we're sending is, in a t- is innovative, but now I'm currently building a website, which literally is to make my service go online. Mm. So although we're sending things, it's literally going to be like an online store where people can send things out so they don't have to commit and buy minimum order of yeah. right arms um, or whatever it might be. Something I think could be quite cool. Um, if we all talk about what the traditional format of our industry was and what it is now yeah and kind of comparing that um i guess so yours is tv yeah, I, it? I kick it off with tv yeah. yeah um so literally just going back 10 years the way people use video for their business was they were a blue chip company and they had the budget to spend a hundred thousand getting an advert made and then a few hundred thousand getting that seen by people um and getting it seen by people that had very limited control all i could do is be like okay i know at um this time on a monday there's this show on that has a, a purely um female demographic of middle-aged mums who live at home yeah uh, work it's at like home. soap um, operas in that yeah because soap operas were created by what, who is it, Procter & Gamble or someone in order so that they could advertise their product? I did not know that. Mental Makes that, sense, doesn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Genius, absolutely genius, but yeah. So yeah, that, that's like the traditional way of doing it. Um, limited control, very expensive, um, and you're kind of one and done. Once, yeah. you've, once you've put that ad out, there's nowhere else for you to put it, you know. Yeah. Um, so the way it is nowadays is you've got a phone in your pocket that records high-quality video, at any moment in time, you can record a video and then you can put that onto the internet where people can see it and people can keep seeing it. And it's not limited by time or anything like that. You can literally put it onto YouTube and get thousands and thousands and thousands of views coming in and consistently stays, uh, for years to yeah, come. It stays there forever. And it becomes this evergreen content. Don't you find that crazy that, like, yeah, you can put a video on and it'll just be there. For, it's like with music as well. Yeah. You create a piece of music and it's just there forever. Yeah. It's mental, isn't it? Like, like I've said many times on the podcast, like the the most important thing to do with video first is do that DIY stuff and then start looking into doing the, the paid and more professional quality things because it's you need that combination um, for it to actually 
be as effective as it can be. Like it's going to be effective if you just do one or the other. Yeah. But to truly get the the results you want, you need both. The key thing is, I think, about all of these marketing innovations is that it's always about how can you reach the right people and get the right message across to them for the best possible price. Mm. And like direct mail, for example, from my point of view, used to be one of the lowest cost ways to reach a, a large group of people who are fairly targeted to demographics. It, it used to just be stuff like flyers. Yeah, yeah. But but now Facebook ads is the best way to do that because you can reach people for cheaper. Mm. So where direct mail comes in is targeting a small, specific group of people and using it to catch retention because people don't get these sorts of things in my post anymore. So it's, it has gone from like being a flyer yeah. to being a right time. Super <laughs> you know, yeah, like um, something where people have spent money on trying to capture people's attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, plus I guess, I know like with flyers and things, it's obviously a mass on mass, isn't it? Whereas you yeah. said before, Lou, about how you've sent like an arm or like a horse's yeah. head in like the post time, to like yeah. a couple <laughs> of people, but they're kind of your big fishes. Um, mm-hmm. So actually it's worth putting a bit more money in just to get those really key clients um but i guess with social and that side it's probably similar more to you isaac in terms of kind of i guess social it's it's lots of different things isn't it it's kind of a way to advertise shout about your business it's like that community but before again it was all more traditional whether it was putting a flyer out having signage in your shop or yeah doing traditional adverts in newspapers mm, like print or, stuff yeah yeah that sort um, of thing do, doing copy Yellow copywriting pages. into magazines yeah and, yeah. Um, yeah and that's it. that obviously all that community side obviously all that had to be in person mm. now but now obviously seeing the social there was just this big uptake and everything just went online. I think that's a big thing people kind of forget about social is a lot of businesses see it as a great way to chat about the business and, you know, it's a really quick, easy way to reach a wide audience. But that community side is absolutely It's an entertainment huge. platform, yeah. ultimately, yeah. and it's just word of word of mouth, like you said yeah, before. Yeah, that's it. it is, mm. It's word... I think people sometimes forget that too. It's word of mouth, but just online. And, yep. you know, um, like I was reading something about how like uh, videos um i think get way more shares and that's basically when somebody we have it we've got group chats between friends and family and uh, we'll all share like funny videos or pictures and stuff from different social media platforms and it all and that's how things go viral really isn't it and how people know about and connecting and engaging with people yeah and i think people sometimes forget about that with social they they post and push all this content out but don't think yeah. about kind of think, people on it and yeah. it's and all about the, the other thing is like influence marketing like lots of um generally just a bit of a broad statement potentially but generally older people seem to think influencers like what what even are influencers like what what do they do but they kind of just replace like models in a way in the sense that they would appear on a, and the celebrities would yeah. appear in a magazine wearing something and people are like, oh i want to wear that because it's cool and also it's gone from like George Clooney wearing a Omega watch to yeah. um, Some someone on Love Instagram that, that people <laughs> yeah. really connected with and yeah. like and follow on, on social yeah it's yeah. literally yeah. that and it's and it's also like replacing news channels in a way because people oh, get yeah. there from magazines and that sort of thing like, that, like that's twi- the thing like digital marketing is it's it's taken all of the traditional forms of marketing and Plump turned it on its one. head yeah. it's it's refined it's made it more cost effective more accessible and just overall a much more powerful way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Instead of putting it into your local paper, you'd put it onto social and reaching an even bigger audience. That's um, it. It's just that quickness of it, isn't it? And I think that's one thing. It's um, People always say, how often do you post? And I think it's that... I think it's always a balancing act between quality versus quantity, but things like Twitter and things, obviously you're saying about news, that's a massive news platform. And mm-hmm. obviously with kind of trending hashtags, people, like I personally just go on Twitter p- 
personally um, to look at what's trending. And a lot of the time it's, yeah, big news stories and things like that. So it's, it, it is amazing how fast it works. I think for a lot mm. of people, they find that scary, especially if kind of if we go back to the very beginning, that lady saying kind of, well, my partners are, they like more traditional forms of marketing. So for someone like them, if they're, I don't know, in the 60s or a bit older, some people find things like social media or writing blogs or things like that, it's, it's alien and it's terrifying. Mm. So they think, we're just, let's just not do it. But the thing is, they don't have to do it themselves. They can yeah. outsource it to someone who's actually got the knowledge and the skills around that like it, I, I, people just need to stop making these bullshit excuses as to why they can't <laughs> adapt with the times because it couldn't be easier to do it literally i mean blogs are literally just news articles pretty much yeah. like in, in magazines and but stuff it's, I, I, it's all yeah. the same the stuff it's, it's nothing adapted it's nothing new it's just an easier um more accessible and more convenient like, version I, I can completely understand someone having trouble with the learning curve of trying to learn technology like um i can imagine my gramps picking up his phone and being able to go on youtube and do do <laughs> like do some youtube videos and stuff like that, you know i remember once but my that's why other people exist yeah, to outsource to because yeah. they know how to do it i do remember once though rocking up to my granddad's and he's like we're getting these emails something about tweeting or and he'd created himself a twitter account and he had no idea how he did it but he did it but it's <laughs> yeah but i get i get in terms of you can outsource it but i i do understand where people's worries and fears come from like i've had it where you've talked to clients and because they just do not understand it but then it's your job to educate them and then i guess that could come with all different types of services it's your that's why stuff like the content marketing and the digital marketing is so brilliant because you can put that educational content out. Not just that, like you can track everything. Oh, oh like, yeah, massive. You, you can't really track mm. uh, a print ad. No. There's no w way to really track it other than like, oh, did you see our print advert? Yeah. That's it. Well, I've had you it know where, how many um, homes the magazine yeah. went to the yellow pages. Yeah. And the other thing is, like the yellow pages, which used to be one of the main forms of print advertising, you have to submit, submit your ad and then it's there for a year. Whether, so you don't know if it's going to work or not. You just have to trust and hope and go for it yeah, and I, you that's okay can you imagine putting you've got like one chance to put a facebook ad out it's, and it has to stay there for a year <laughs> you've put your money into it you cannot change you can't take it down but i i think that's terrifying yeah, with, with advertising now you can literally you whack you up can an test ad, five different leave times. it a week <laughs> if it's not getting any traction tweak it, tweak it, tweak it. I, I think adapt. that's um really scary as in in terms of like current times as in let's say you've done a tv advert like a year or so ago in feb and it's about like going on holiday or partying, and then suddenly lockdown hits. It's like mm. it's, it's not relevant anymore. Uh, yeah, so. this isn't good. I've just spent yeah. sixty grand yeah. getting this this advert <laughs> for going on holiday, and yeah. I've I've already spent a hundred grand getting that seen by people, and now it's all pointless. Yeah, mm. and it's that isn't it? I can't it? adapt it. And or you know, th there are certain things where if you did an advert or you put content out, and it suddenly becomes kind of irrelevant, or I don't know, something's kind of changed in society where that's not acceptable anymore. Things like that. So it's yeah, I think if you if you spend money on those more traditional ads, yeah, it's it's more of a risk, I think. Whereas it's the beauty of the the modern way of doing mm. marketing is you can adapt rapidly mm. like things can change and within minutes you can adapt to those things and make sure that your marketing's on the right track like it looking back at like the way the video industry used to be it's so archaic like just insane how much it cost mm. to do it and um how difficult it was to get it done and 
It is crazy, isn't it? Uh, you literally yeah. had Even like a Super one and Bowl done, ads you know. and stuff like these so Super Bowl ads, which are so famous, for like start at a million pounds just to put it, to put an ad on, and then you've got to make it as well. And it's like so, like one of the other like amazing benefits of adapting with the times and trying to use a bit more of a digital workflow within your marketing is literally how how reactionary you can be. Like back in the the old days of marketing, if you wanted to react to some news, you used to have to wait for the next day's press Mm. and to get an advert out that responded to that. So again, that would only be limited to businesses which had the money to be able to pay for a next day ad Mm. as opposed to kind Mm. of thinking about the the long run, a full page ad as well at that. Where nowadays you can literally jump on Twitter and respond to it. In two seconds you could put as as the news is still coming out. Saying anything you want. Well, I think that like, um, I don't know, when you watch these like crappy TV shows like Love Island and stuff like that, literally something happens and as soon as you go on Facebook, mm. like five minutes later, there's, there's a blog up or a post and you think, oh my, like, I always think who the hell like sees all mm. this and can stay up to date <laughs> with it, but that's it, people, it's, it's that easy and I think that's how, um, we obviously talked about um, things like social media being quite a community and I think that's how you can... Um, be part of community so if there's a, a big conversation happening around a certain topic that maybe relates to your business jump in on that and um and you know yep. start talking about it because that's where you're probably going to get seen and yeah. things so being that reactive is a good thing some people find it quite tough but i think that's how you can if kind it of works connect. it can work really yeah. well and it's and what leads to viral posts and stuff like yeah. that yeah that's how stuff there's, an, viral. there's an agency in well i think they're originally based in sheffield but they're opening up offices everywhere called rise at seven who i follow on linkedin and they literally like specialise in doing this, and they work with companies to create this reactionary yeah. marketing. Well, and they'll be literally like, on hand. Yeah. <laughs> they must just sit there like, "What's happening? Down, What's down, happening?" Down. And yeah. see something, and we quickly brainstorm. Well, I think um, it was like I think you said it was it last week, Louis. Um, you know that um, was it with the Euros and what's his what's he called? What's the football called? Is it Ronaldo? He moved oh, the, the kind of thing. And yeah. then um, I think you were saying, and I've seen a few since, people can like Photoshop their, their like competitors yeah. out. So it's like, oh, you're moving <laughs> your competitors out of the way and they're moving them. Mm. So stuff like that is clever. People find it funny. But I think with stuff like that, I think you have to be maybe one of the first. Because yeah, sometimes I've found when, um, let's say there's something that's, someone's done something quite reactive and you say oh, we'll do that too it starts to become old and it's not mm. it kind of defeats the purpose so it's trying to be like authentic and do something yourself versus trying to copy other people because i don't think that works like, as well i i think a business that has done this amazingly well is the formula one like the formula one obviously it's a very old institution it's been going since the 50s mm. um they have adapted so well with the times now like, as you're watching a race all of the teams are tweeting about it, throwing in their thoughts yeah. and their comments around what's happening. Like just the other week at Silverstone with the crash between uh, Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen, like every single team was weighing in on it in, in Twitter, like <laughs> from the second it happened. And it just, it becomes this like additional part of the medium as well, which keeps fans engaged. Because yeah, yeah, people will be on their phone watching watching the game and then uh, the, the race yeah, and then yeah. watching <laughs> their Twitter feed. And, and seeing all of this dialogue that's going on around it as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can't the only thing I don't like is that they changed the music from The Chain by Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> I, was oh, ta- I was literally, like, last weekend talking to my oh, friends yeah. about this, and I was just like, I can't believe they've what, done what it. What have they changed it to? 
don't know. No so idea what it is. If that's just like you hear that bass line and it's just that is Formula One, don't you? That's that's what that's branding. That's how I watch Formula One every every Sunday as a child. Like it's it's just such an integral part part of the sport. I mean, I don't crazy that they got rid of that. They must have just wanted so much money for it or something. Yeah, it's. Um, yeah. I bet they made a killing. But it's worth it. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's it is. It's, yeah. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I. I mean, I don't watch Formula One. So, but it's that thing with all different. Whether it's um, whether it's like X Factors on Love Island, whether it's I don't know, whatever it is, the Euros, etc. People, that's it. People spring to social media to weigh in, and I mean, I think that's how like I love. Um, you know, when you see like memes and like funny things, and that's how stuff like mm. that can be created, and then it can just make it bigger. So I think as a business, or you know, that's why a lot of these tv programs and things they get people to interact on social because it gets people talking about it and there's a buzz around your business mm. or that show or the brand so i think that's it if you can create a buzz uh, one of the best ways i think is doing it digitally and get people kind of involved in the conversation yeah so um, is there, are there any companies that you guys specifically think do a fantastic job with with how they've adapted to their their marketing and utilizing a lot of that digital element within their marketing i mean i, I watched this um program on oh, bbc or channel four i can't remember and it was about um a clothing brand called in the style now technically the fast fashion so they're not a great brand blah, blah but basically they did something slightly different and they used digital and influencers mm. and they just completely blew up so a lot of other online fashion brands or even some of the big players like next etc they started doing that because they saw how effective it could be whereas if you look at you know people like debenhams they kind of closed and now they've actually taking i think i saw an advert the other day for like debenhams online so they mm. basically stopped doing traditional I know, obviously, the high street uh, plays a part, but basically, these online fashion brands—they blow up because they've they utilize digital marketing so well, and they overtake some of these yeah, big players that have fashion, been around for a long time. Fashion is the key thing, isn't it? That that industry—they've they, just transformed so so well. Um, oh, and I even like Gymshark, for example, I think I mentioned them before. They literally grew from these guys like making their own T-shirts, and now they're like. It, over over a billion pound and valued company, I'm pretty sure. Oh, but yeah, that was like you guys sending t-shirts to YouTubers who would make fitness YouTubers who would wear them and say, "Oh, I'll get ten percent off for my discount," that yeah, sort of thing. That's it. And they've done it insanely well, and that's just like no one else was doing that. Yeah. And yeah. now everyone else is doing that. Uh, a brand I think has done a a amazing job is Red Bull. Obviously, mm. Red Bull is an energy drink company. They've got some very very cool. They videos, were an energy they? drink company through their marketing because they, they tried to do marketing that really captured people's attention and for them it's got to a point where their marketing has become their business and the energy drink is just a little reminder of their marketing to people so like you go into the shop and you're like oh yeah i'll have a red bull and you're like oh yeah they've, they've got they've got an f1 team they've got this youtube channel where they've got like loads of people the doing esports yeah. and another youtube channel where loads of people are doing like Crazy stuff on a snowboard or a skydiving. When you think of Red Bull, you think of like extreme sports in a way and stuff like that, don't you? Like Red Bull has become synonymous with that. That's literally what their business is now. Their business is marketing. It's almost like PR stunts in a way and like sponsoring in in like the traditional sense, but they've leveraged it online. Like the videos, you know, there was the guy who like jumped out of space or something, didn't he? Uh, The longest free fall. Like Felix. 
Bum something like that. But previously, they might have like shown that on TV, potentially, but it's likely to have just been in the news, yeah. that sort of thing. But by making a YouTube video about it, it's now there forever, literally. And yeah, it's, like, uh, it's amazing. I, the the marketing department there is fantastic. Like, oh, don't you love when you see like marketing done right? Brilliant. Like, I, I watched a video. It. I think it was a guy skiing or snowboarding, and he but he was like skydiving. No, he didn't skydive. He like jumped out of something or other oh, first, it, yeah, and then landed. Yeah. Him and he was doing all this insane yeah. stuff, and it was like, what the hell? It's just so cool. And uh, it does it does yeah. make you think. I like mean, you say. I don't know if I've said to you guys before. Like, um, there's only one company that I would quit my business for. And that's Red Bull. Really? Like if, if I had, <laughs> if I got the opportunity, even if it was just like a six month project or something like that, mm-hmm. to work with Red Bull, I would drop everything and go straight to it because it'd be I, amazing. Have clients uh, listen to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, um, it's not something I'm working towards. It's like if it just happens, you know, then, um, then yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. But um, yeah, even if that is the case, it's probably like 50 <laughs> years away from me now. I mean, um, um, this is a bit of a dark side, but I remember I recently um, saw, uh, it was, I think it was Vice, I follow them on, they're obviously like, the obviously do news and articles and da da da. But they um, basically were talking about, um, it was a, like an anti-vaccine campaign and basically this marketing company, which turned out to be based, like connected to a company in Russia, obviously, um, <laughs> were basically getting in touch with YouTubers who had millions of followers to say, we will offer you X money if you can just say this, please. And then a lot of them came out and kind of outed this company. But like, you know, whether it's for good or bad, you know, it's just the power of um, digital marketing and getting yourself in front of the I mean, right people, really. If if you want a testimonial for how good digital marketing is, just look at Cambridge Analytica. Oh, they, they managed to get Brexit through and Trump into oh, his God. presidency. Don't you find just, like just through the power of social, it's, like yeah. yeah. Well, I watched the whole thing about how Trump, um, yeah, the Great got, Hack is it the documentary something, something on Netflix. like that? But how he yeah. how he use social media mm. and um, that that's obviously some bits that people hate about social, and I think obviously. I think it's up to the, the companies. I mean, there's to dark sides it. to every form of oh, media yeah. and every form mm. of marketing. Like, it, at the end of the day, marketing is a tool. It's down to the user how they use it. And some are going to use it in, in bad ways. Some are going to use but it in good like ways. It doesn't mean so you shouldn't use it. But like with Trump, for example, um, he, I bet nobody really did that before. And mm. like, well, it um, worked. Obama was actually the first like big political leader who really tried to utilize uh, okay. social. Okay. Mm. Um, it's just the Trump campaign ended up taking that to like the next level yeah um, so but that's because they teamed up with the likes of cambridge analytica yeah. to really start manipulating it where obama was more about just sharing content yeah mm-hmm. and kind of giving this behind the scenes that you wouldn't really get otherwise right. trump was like very targeting people and China. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good impression. I was like, But yeah, I think and as well, just looking, um, I don't know, if you look a bit closer to home in terms of in lockdown and things, um, just some of the companies that have adapted well, like some of the, um, obviously hospitality being massively hit. Now, some of the, the restaurants and things that have really pushed um, kind of things online, gone digital, have managed to kind of... Um, navigate through the storm whereas others who are more traditional and it's just they rely on kind of regulars coming in they've they've had to shut and they've really struggled whereas yeah all yeah, the businesses that adapt to like uber eats and just eat and, mm-hmm. and or doing their own taking delivery their restaurant and, yeah. onto like mm-hmm. 
online just makes yeah. sense. like it they've they've managed to weather the storm oh massively or um there's a i think you both will have heard of it um uh there's a there's a business uh called uh, it was doe harrogate but now it's like doe bakehouses and they do donuts oh, yeah, but yeah. she i think started the business a year or so ago yeah. and now she's got um one in york as well yeah there's like she's got like four premises mm. and um she said she just hammers social media and, mm. and her digital marketing. And um, it's just, I think people, it's one of those Instagrammable places where you go for a colourful like, donut. Yeah. But she's really cleverly, the owner's cleverly manipulated that and really gone for it with her digital marketing. And I, th- I thought this is amazing that so many businesses are closing, yet she's opening like two or three mm. more premises in the midst of lockdown. So that, that is, like you say, it's because purely, she understands Instagram. And because yeah. Instagram, I mean, personally, my Instagram feed is pretty much completely food. Yeah. And seeing, like, like donuts, they get, they get so many likes, different things like those yeah. colourful, like, sprinkled donuts and all sorts I mean, of stuff like yeah. that. It's easier for a business like that because she's got a lot of products. So every, mm. I mean, she, she'll post a couple of times a day at times and it's different things. Whereas, I don't know, you know, if you're doing, like, a high-value ticket item, it's not as if you've got that. But it just shows if I just have a look at her social media because I think they nail it, it and I think people want to be part of this like the dough community. I think that's what they call it in that family. And I think if you can create that with your digital marketing, like you you're gonna do well or better than if you didn't. Yeah. Um. So, kind of going back to the the initial sort of question I posed. Um around businesses who haven't adapted that really need to adapt if they want their business to, mm-hmm. to survive going going forward. Um, what would you say is a good kind of roadmap for them to follow so they can break it down into these bite-sized chunks and not get overwhelmed and overloaded with, with trying to do everything all at once? Like, yeah. I, personally, I think website. Yeah. First, all of these businesses that don't really do their marketing properly have websites that are stuck in the, the early 2000s. Um, I think that is kind of like stepping stone number one. You need to get that website sorted, make it look good, and start getting regular kind of content on yeah. there onto a blog. Yeah, because if, if um, you could do all the digital marketing in the world, but if your website's poor, you, you, a lot of people will drop off from your website. And um, so, yeah, I think, and it, yeah, your website definitely 100%. And if you want to kind of um, like dip your toe in that digital marketing and things, obviously, we've talked about before, it's really nailing down things just like who you actually want to target and things like that because yeah. that'll massively influence yeah it'll massively influence kind of um whether you'll go you know have a facebook yeah. or whether you'll do newsletters or da 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 and if you even if you have a rough strategy and you think i still have no bloody idea just go talk to someone even if it's just yeah. kind of pick your brains um and things like that but yeah i'd 100 start with the website and go on from there strategy yeah. once and, you've got that content kind of going out on the site and You've got a consistency with that. It's social, really. After that, isn't it? It's it's yeah. Figuring out what platforms are going to work for your brand to reach your customers with that content you are creating. That is it. And creating content specifically for social as well. That's it. It's thinking right. Who are my customers and where are they? And literally write down everywhere that makes sense for them to be. And if you don't know if your customer being a fifty-year-old, blah blah, whatever they might be. Google it and say, do 50-year-olds use Facebook? Something that shocks me that that I've I've noticed from doing networking, um, a lot of people in networking groups tend to be a bit older. Um, There's not that many young people, I think, Mm -hmm. who do networking. Um, But the amount of people 
in networking groups that don't use LinkedIn. Mm. And it's like, you're networking every week in person. Why don't you continue this networking with everyone throughout the week on on LinkedIn? I think some people, it's... um, it's maybe stuck in your ways or you've never had to or it's just i don't i don't really use literally it. all never. you need to do is go on for five minutes every day mm. and scroll through your feed like comment engage with people yeah that's I, it i like, think you can do that when you're in the queue for like sainsbury's do it when you but yeah i think it's um as well don't try and maybe do everything to begin with i think just get your key building blocks in and just slowly start because i've had it before where clients they want to go 100 miles an hour like yeah let's post every day and and it's like okay well and then we brainstorm content ideas and we realize okay maybe it, there's a risk if you if you overdo it to begin with you're um, gonna run out yeah kind of that steam it'll, it'll i don't know I don't, I don't think you can ever run out of content well, it, um no. th- it, but it depends but you can on talk about the same and, things from different angles yeah, you and can. different perspectives and think, still provide value but it's um, it, i think it's looking at like your time looking at your resources and just balancing act i think sometimes i think always better to you know, build up and do yeah. more than try and do oh, it no, all. Definitely, and yeah. You want like, you want to oh, build up towards it, yeah. Because that's um, it. Some people could, it can be overwhelming, and then if you're doing things at a million miles an hour, but not sort of keeping mm. your head above water, that's where you'll then stop doing it, and then actually being inconsistent yeah. is worse. And the, my biggest thing is when you, I'm looking at clients, a potential client, and I'll say, I'll look at all your platforms, see what we could be doing better, and they've not posted for like two years, and you think, oh, yeah, oh. <laughs> I, it, I think like it, as well, once you've once you've got that kind of social stuff going, that's when you might want to start moving out into mediums like video and podcasts. Yeah, yeah, um, because. Yeah, it's all well and good starting a podcast and um, starting to create videos, but if you don't have an audience you can already tap into, it's, it's going to be a lot harder. It's going to be a lot harder to, to like, yeah. get like, that going. I guess that goes um, back to like websites too. You, even if you have 10,000 followers on social media, if you're pushing them to your website, but your website's not up to scratch, then what's the point? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I think a key thing for anyone who's wor- like wondering or worrying about doing new things is to remember that if you always do what you've always done, you're always going to get what you've always got and things aren't going to get any better. And ultimately, if you're just doing the same things and you're staying in one place and everyone else is moving forwards, you're actually technically just going backwards. So you have to constantly be innovating and moving forwards. Mm. So after that kind of like video podcast, got got that content going out like that, the, I'd say kind of like the final step in that other than repeating everything and continuing to do that is something, some sort of lead generator somewhere where you can start capturing that data because you've built up an audience, you need to capture that data and, and pull them through. And that's where you can start bringing email marketing into it. Having a newsletter, having some sort of free course people can access and you work towards that kind of point. Yeah. But if, if anything before that isn't there, you, you're kind of wasting your time going further down that line because you, you haven't got those those building blocks. Yeah. yeah. 100%. So you don't start building um, a Lego project from the top, do you? <laughs> Very true. Uh, <laughs> no, I think that's it. It's the key Or a jigsaw from the middle. That'd be yeah. weird, <laughs> that's it. You always start with your edges. You? Get your corners in place. So to summarize, in this episode, we have talked about why it is vital for every business that hasn't adapted their marketing to the modern times that they need to do so, else they're going to start running out of customers and fast. So to do this, you don't have to do it all in one go. You can take it step by step and break it down into these bite-sized chunks. Do your website, do your content marketing, 
you move on to social, start producing content specifically for social, and then your, your marketing can start growing and building from there. So yeah, adapting is such an important thing that every business needs to do. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to give us some feedback, or if you have a question you'd like us to answer, send us an email and you can find that in the description of this episode. Also, make sure to follow us on social media so that you never miss an episode. We are MMM Guides on most social networks. Again, we'll have the links in the episode's description. So we are Isaac, Jenny, and Louis, your guides to making money with marketing.